0: So, Warwick, fast forward 10 years or so, Mm. and your beautiful daughter Gracie comes to you Mm. and says, I want to try out for X Factor or Idol, because I've always wanted to be a singer. Mm. But she can't sing, but (laughs) she thinks she can. What do you tell her? What do you do?
1: I tell her to have a crack.
0: So, go out and sing and... Have a go.
1: And whatever other people say is... Really, not that relevant. It's just how she feels about herself. I want her to f- be proud that she just had a go. Oh, good answer. <laughs> you reckon I'll make a good dad? Yeah, I oh. want to
0: see it happen. Maybe, oh, I don't want my little girl up there.
1: Yeah, getting her heart ripped out when <laughs> yep. the judges just hose her for being so crap. Yeah. Nah, won't happen to her. Oh. She'll have so much self confidence <laughs> that it won't happen. <laughs> Unlike her dad. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies Business Show helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership, so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. So welcome to the Tradey's Business Show. Do you reckon I should bust out a tune now, Michaela, just see if there's any musical talent in the family? (laughs) No, it's not going to (laughs) happen, I can tell you.
0: I'm half tone deaf, so I really can't sing. Duncan (laughs) says I sound like a whining cat
1: when Mm, I sing. Nice, just when you sing?
0: Uh, well, probably all the time. But.
1: <laughs> so, uh, welcome back, listeners. Hope you're having a cracking week, wherever this episode finds you. Maybe it's on the weekend when you're listening to this. I wonder how many people listen to us on the weekend, Michaela?
0: Probably lots while they're mowing or mowing. doing their book work. There's a
1: mind-numbing task. Mm. I don't mind mowing,
0: actually. It seems men in my life don't mind mowing.
1: It, it's I find it quite fulfilling to look back at the beautifully manicured lawn and uh, just feel a sense of achievement.
0: It's funny you say that because my husband's going through a bit of a phase at the moment where he, (laughs) which I've asked you because I don't think it's normal, but maybe it is, that is it normal to mow the lawn like three times in a row on the same day?
1: Yeah, see, that might be, well, from my perspective, (laughs) that's going a little far.
0: Because he wants to pick up all the clippings, even though he has a
1: catcher. Uh, I'm not touching that with a 40-foot pole. Are you saying
0: my husband's a bit crazy? No, I'm not saying
1: anything. He, so let's, uh...
0: he loves to mow, so it's a man thing, I guess.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's because then when the mower's on, he doesn't have to talk to you? Well, that's what I'm thinking. He wants to get as much time out of the house as
0: possible, so he tells me that's
1: normal. <laughs> mm. Sorry, Michaela. <laughs> anyway, back on track slightly. Uh, we've got... Well, we haven't done this for a while. Actually, I don't think we've ever done an episode like this.
0: Well, you're going to have a, a bit of a rant. Yeah. And you think it's going to ruffle some feathers.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I haven't ruffled many feathers on the show.
0: No, no. Your work-life episode a couple episodes ago certainly got people thinking and, and mm. got some great feedback from that. So, Because
1: mm. I, I have a reputation for being a little opinionated. But, but well, I mean No one likes beige. The,
0: not the beige tradies. This is not the vanilla show. business show. No.
1: No. Uh,
0: so what's on your chest? Well, it it comes off the
1: back of my work as a as a wingman, as a business wingman for a whole bunch of trade businesses, and I'm not going to out anybody here. I'm not even going to make obtuse references to their business type. So, to those of my <laughs> clients who are listening, don't stress. I'm not going to bag you out. Uh, except you'll probably You'll know, know who, who you are. <laughs> are. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, but it really did irk me. By the end of last week, I think I heard the same version of pretty much bitching and moaning uh, about four or five times in one week from five different business owners. And by the end of the week, thank God I went away camping for the weekend so I could just kind of zen out a little bit and just chill out. But... It was just all the same crap over and over again, complaining about their lot in life. And, yeah, you know, like people who are saying, oh, my God, I must have killed a Chinaman. You know, the old saying about oh, I yep. killed a Chinaman or, oh, you know, ran over a brown dog or whatever the hell the sayings are. It's such a victim... Mentality of all this stuff happening to these people, and a lot of it was around staff, around team. And we talk about this a lot on the show, and it can be a very difficult area for people to get right, for business owners to get right. But seriously, if you, if, these people are having issues with staff being sick, not coming back to work, like just resigning, going away on sick leave, and then resigning. It's like, hello. It's got to tell you something about who you are as an employer because there are some businesses out there that have amazing teams with great retention, really strong culture, and there is the, the key word in this whole little rant thing, and I'll get wound up in a little bit, but the there are businesses with great teams. So you can't tell me that they're just lucky because there's a shitload of them. And can I say that on this show? Yeah. We're not, yeah. We're not explicit-rated. No, it's um, right. Shit's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a fair bit of it out there <laughs> but but seriously it's it's like I don't understand how they haven't figured out that if they've got these issues, there's one common denominator in all of these bloody businesses, and that's the business owners themselves are just being really shit leaders they're they're not doing their team meetings well enough. They're not doing one-on-ones with their staff. Their culture sucks. They have this really crappy victim culture in the business. There's micromanagement from the business owner because, oh, nobody does it properly and nobody does it as good as me. It's like, seriously, you can walk around carrying on and bitching and moaning about that and wasting your freaking time and your emotional effort to complain about all that stuff or you can go and have a look in the bathroom mirror and figure out what's really wrong with your business. And I just got really frustrated towards the back end of last week Particularly with these people who I've been working with for some time. And, you know, it's like in a long term relationship where you just feel like you're not being heard by the other person. And hey, I need to take some responsibility for that as the communicator as well. You know, communication is the response I get. So obviously the message is not getting through to these people and it's not just my clients. I hear this from a multitude of business owners and I suspect you're the same, Michaela. Mm. But honestly, guys and girls, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh yeah, well I have issues with my staff, well you know what? Go have a look at yourself. What are you doing to change that? Stop wishing people would do their job. Stop bitching about it at the pub on Friday night or at the barbecue on the weekend. What you should be actually investing your time effort and energy into is god i'm having these issues with my staff who am i who am i that's actually either attracting these people in the first place or creating or perpetuating those issues in your business on an ongoing basis because you're so caught up on whether i don't know the filing's being done properly instead of actually running great team meetings and giving people you know what the word is here michaela it's impact I can't even say it. I'm so, oh, Uh, it's (laughs) empowerment, right? I I listened to a great, I do actually listen to another podcast or three, but I listened to a great episode with uh, an uh, ex-military, very high-ranking four-star general in the Special Operations Command, you know, ran the whole Afghanistan campaign, all this sort of crap, right? Forget the military stuff. Um, He talks about applying those principles in corporates. And one of the big things that, Things that is missing is empowering people to make choices. And Tim Ferriss talks about this as well with his own business. Uh, he was micromanaging the crap out of his team. He had a virtual team. He did all the good stuff. He had a virtual team and he was still dealing with 200 emails a day because he just didn't give people the, the framework to be able to make their own choices. Are they going to be as good as what you can do on a day-to-day basis? No. But the thing is, you're going to be stuck with a little business where you're stressed out and dealing with all of these issues and putting out fires all the time. You know, the firefighting thing that everyone complains about? How was your day? Oh, I just put out fires all day. I put them out and as quick as I can put them out, the bloody staff are lighting them again. Well, that's because you haven't taught them how to put out their own friggin' fires.
0: And you're attracting that by your attitude.
1: Exactly. So if you're running around lighting fires as well, they're going to look at that and go, oh, well, that's what he does. I'll go do the same thing. Now, they don't do that consciously. Well, not everybody. But that you just set that culture up in a business.
0: And also, your staff are then going, well, you know, if you're that micro and you're putting out those fires all the time, they don't have any... Um, decision-making or empowerment, like you're saying. Uh, it'll either be, oh, they're just going to have the shits or I haven't been given the frameworks to do this properly or however I'm going to do it, he's not going to be happy.
1: Ex- and that's so I'm not even going one.
0: I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to, you know, half do it. And
1: If you're listening to this and you have ever ragged on somebody for making the wrong decision, then you are the biggest part of the problem because yeah. you're teaching your staff or your team that... They they, they're not going to put themselves out there. They're afraid to actually do something. It's like beating a dog for doing the wrong thing. It's going to be so terrified of doing anything that it'll actually (laughs) piddle on your rug and chew your stuff because it's just fearful of what might happen. And I see team members and I interview staff when I go into businesses and they're actually afraid to make decisions because they might get it wrong. Instead of feeling like excited to make a decision because they might get it right. And in most cases, the decisions, if you've set your business up properly and you've given people clarity about what they can and can't do and given them a decision level where it's like if you can solve a customer's problem for less than a hundred bucks, go right ahead and do it. But the overlying thing is make the customer happy. Right, if it costs less than hundred bucks, I don't want to know about it. Or fifty bucks, whatever the level is for you as a business owner, just do that simple thing of setting up, I guess, a decision ceiling for your team members. Like yeah. if they need to buy a part, do some rework, give them a carton of beer. I don't give a toss. Just don't annoy me with it. And I reckon you'll you'll wipe out half the bushfires in your business.
0: Yeah. The other, one of the best um, leaders I worked with, whenever I had a question, they would never answer it. They'd say, well, what do you want to do? What do you think? So always came back to giving the solution to the problem. Don't come to me unless you have a solution, they would say. You know, so here's a problem. Here's what I propose to do with it. Great.
1: But you know what's hard about that for people, I think, Michaela? Sorry to jump in there. No, No, I'm not, because I'm I'm waving my arms around here. I'm shifting my weight on my feet. It's like, thank God I stand up in the studio, is that takes too long. But then I've got to listen to their stupid ideas, and it's just quicker if I just give them the answer and get on with it, because we're really busy.
0: Well, that's just ridiculous.
1: Well, that's what happens.
0: How can you empower your staff? How can you make them get decisions? And if they do get it wrong, well, they're not probably going to get it wrong again. Yes, they're going to make mistakes. Yes, they're going to cost you money. But they probably won't ever do that mistake again. But even if they
1: do, it's saved you the time of dealing with that thing. And I know there's going to be people listening to this show that that just think I have lost my marbles or I'm off on a freaking tangent and uh, have no idea about running a business. And if that's you, that's cool. Okay, I'm not here to you to love me, well, hopefully. Well, let us
0: know because we'll have you on the but, show. We'll have a battle.
1: Yeah, let's let's have a Barney on air. <laughs> I'll make sure you're a Skype call so you can't <laughs> actually hit me. But, uh, but if you never let people actually figure stuff out for themselves and have a go, your question at the top of the show, right? Yep. If if I loop back to that question you asked me, which was basically you just trying to make me uncomfortable and look stupid on air, which which is, that's cool, you know. I get it. <laughs> it's pretty easily done. Um, but if I never let my daughter have a go, yeah. she's not going to develop any ability to actually be okay herself, to build her own confidence. And I see business owners do this all the time. Micromanaging is just stripping people's confidence. You're disempowering them. And you end up paying them to not do a job, so then you have to do it anyway, and then you just both resent each other, because they feel belittled and demeaned because you never let them do anything anyway, nothing of substance. You've got the irritants because you're paying a wage to somebody who's not delivering on what you really wanted them to do, and you know what, as a business owner, the sights are squared on you, because... You've decided to own a business and grow a team and do all that stuff. You've got to take ownership and responsibility. I'm sorry, but that's just that's just our lot as business owners. But,
0: and what amazes me is, did anyone go into business thinking it was going to be easy?
1: Well, apparently, and that's my second thing that I'm going to go off on here, is all of that aside, right? Put all of that aside. You Let's... Let's say you are just like you're. I don't know who the best leader in business might be, someone like Sir Richard Branson, right? Um, But pick a name, even if, if it's someone you've worked for in the past, you're doing the meetings and the counseling sessions and you're empowering people and all that and somebody quits because they get a better offer or they're just not feeling the love or whatever the hell it is. Or, uh, I don't know, a supplier pulls the rug or a competitor opens up down the street. Again, it's this kind of victim complaining mentality of the drama around. It's like, oh, when am I going to catch a break? When is this going to get easier? Well, newsflash. Never. For some of us, maybe. For some of us, maybe we get that nice easy ride to, uh, to stardom and riches, but, but
0: anyone you speak to said it was never easy. That's you never right. hear a business leader or owner go, oh, it was a breeze. I only worked a couple of hours a day. And
1: It just all fell in my lap. I
0: just had a million bucks in the bank account.
1: You know what? I was born and there was this silver spoon sticking out of my butt and I just pulled it out and life went easy. Nobody who's achieved anything of worth ever says that. They've all had a struggle or a battle. And the one thing or one of the, the key things that really, not about setting those people apart, but what has contributed to them actually achieving those outcomes that they've wanted has just been their attitude. Yep. They don't bitch and moan and complain and say, oh, when is this going to get easier? You know what? It's not until you actually see it differently, until you shift your headspace like the work life balance one. Hmm. Until you shift your headspace, nothing's going to change because everything that comes up for you is going to be a problem. And that is going to then derail you. You're going to spend emotional energy on that. You're going to lose focus and energy. So then you're just going to have this cascading level of poor decisions or hasty decisions or, or, you know, poor interactions with staff. And it's just, it feeds itself.
0: And the other thing I want to say is, and this happened to a friend of mine recently, you know, they were growing a business. They're very good at what they do. They have a very good name. And the business was growing. It was growing really quickly. And they just had all this stress of being the business owner. you know. And they had the sort of same mentality. They weren't making any money. They were paying all their staff. And you know what? So instead of complaining about it, they just decided to get rid of it mm-hmm. and happily went back to working for themselves. Mm-hmm. They weren't a tradie, but they just didn't want – stress and the overwhelm. Yep. So they made that choice. Yep. And someone said to them, you know, the person said, oh, well, you know, I'll just do it a couple of days a week. If that doesn't work out, I'll just go work at Woolies. Yep. And the husband said, well, what would you want to work at Woolies? Like, What, what would you happen if someone, one of your old clients came in and saw you behind a checkout? <laughs> she goes, well, <laughs> who, cares? who cares? I'd be happy. Exactly. So she... Realised that, okay, this was what it's like being a business owner. But instead of bitching and moaning about it, she just made a choice to be what makes her happy.
1: Took ownership of her situation.
0: So she didn't want to change. She just knew it wasn't natural for her. It was just stress. And and so she recognised that and made a change, you know. And it's amazing what opportunities have opened up since she did that.
1: Yeah. Is she working at Woolies? No. No.
0: And she's actually now said, okay, instead of having... This big business with lots of clients, I think I'm just going to work for myself, I'm going to have two really good clients, I'm going to aim for that. Within a month that's already happened and now she's making more money than she was with the bigger business.
1: That is such a great point.
0: So she just made the choice, she didn't keep whinging about it, going I need more clients because then the stress is going to go away or, you know, and she was good with her stuff and all, but just it wasn't making her happy. And so she made that choice of stop being the victim, yep. made this choice and was happy with her decision and didn't give a shit about what anybody else was going to think. You know, she said, so what? I work in Woolies. I don't care. I'm happy.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so
0: maybe that's off tangent in a whole nother episode, but uh, I don't know. I think it's this, you know, either look at yourself and is this for you being a business owner or is there something else that perhaps is right for you? Yep. And don't worry about what anybody else is going to think. Mm. You know, But it's really like you were saying, looking at yourself. What are you doing right, wrong, or what could you improve on and all that kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. And I have uh, another example of a guy who really made a choice to shift his headspace around his business, around the issues that he sees in his business. There was some fear around that in that, uh, oh, you know, what if I don't get enough clients coming through when I shift my attitude and I start basically saying no to certain kinds of work because it was causing drama for him. But he kept taking it on. It's like, dude, stop taking the work on and mm. you'll stop having the dramas, that kind of work, you know? Mm. Uh, and it was like it was a transformation over like a week or two. It happened so quickly. The guy now is making more money than he used to. He's working less hours. He's got better relationship with his team, with his spouse. He's just he's happier, he's more peaceful. And because of that, and here's Here's the kicker, right? When you get to that headspace of being calmer, more confident, uh, less agitated and uptight about things, you actually become a more attractive person. And I don't mean like, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal kind of attractive, Michaela, uh, although I'm sure you'd be okay with that. There's a side story to people,
0: but anyway. <laughs>
1: but, but, you know, you don't have to look like, who's the, the magic Mike dude? What's his name? Oh,
0: no, no you don't want to look like him. David oh. Beckham.
1: David Beckham.
0: Oh yeah, world sexiest man. So you got to go with the popular.
1: i oh, see. There's hope for me because he's old.
0: Yeah, but he's sexy. yeah, but
1: <laughs> but he's hot and no, I'm not. And he's rich. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. But no, but the thing is, when you have that soul. mindset, soul. yeah, exactly. See, he's got so much damn money; he just doesn't give a toss. <laughs> uh, you become a more attractive person, and people want to do more business with you. Think about that, listeners. Think about. Someone that you love doing business with. Are they a stress head? Are they negative? Are they bitchy whiny? Are they racing around putting out fires? You know, for you as a customer or a consumer or dealing with your suppliers or whatever, think about the people that you like to do business with. What sort of demeanor do they have? What sort of attitude do they have? How do they talk to their staff in front of you? And then have a look at how you carry yourself Hmm. and how you're actually putting yourself out there. And I, I... I would love somebody to challenge me on our Facebook page about this. Uh, you
0: are what you think. Well,
1: everyone writes that stuff off as woo-woo and cliches, but it's said for a reason. Mm. It's true. Uh, we are what we eat, apparently. Um, at the moment, I'm a bit of roast lamb and some <laughs> dirty chips. But uh, anyway, that's... Uh, that's if we haven't lost most of our listeners by now. I should probably stop. So,
0: so what do we do about it? If we're going, you know, we've got this negative. If we realise that we're we're playing this kind of game. We want to get out of it.
1: Well, the first thing I believe is is now it's easy to say this. Easy for me to stand here in the studio and say, oh, you need to do this, that, and the other. And uh, am I perfect? No way. Am I guilty of all of this stuff? Absolutely. I was having a big bitch and a moan with you at lunch, Michaela.
0: And I said, "Have the irony. You just had a bitch moan and we're going to do an episode on bitching and moaning."
1: But the th- the key there, and that's an example of having that awareness of yep. catching yourself and going, "Wow, that was really bitchy and whiny, wasn't it? What can I do to shift that energy? What can I do to actually, um, you know, rectify that?" So if you've if you've Cooked somebody in your business for doing something wrong, and you realise that and you catch yourself, whether it's an hour later, a day later, I don't care, go back to that staff member, go and have a closed door session with them, sit down and apologise. Just try that. Just say sorry. Hey dude, uh, just want to have a quick chat to you about something. Look, I hosed you in front of the rest of the team on Monday. And I just want to apologize for that because that was really shitty behavior from me as your employer and your leader. I'd like to set a better example than that and just watch them fall off their chair in <laughs> shock. But if you did that sort of thing and had that honest connection with your team members on a weekly basis, watch your team culture shift. I, I would almost give you an ironclad guarantee <laughs> And I've done this so many times myself with teams over the years as a consultant. The the energy shifts, the culture shifts, and guess what follows along behind it? Results. People start doing stuff because they want to, not because you're shouting at them all the time. No one likes being yelled at to get stuff done. I want to do it because I want to make you happy. People are much more motivated by that.
0: Or well, they want to do it because they're proud of what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, and they want to solve a problem or provide great service because it's a great culture to work for and they want the name to have, the brand to have a good name out there. There's a greater good, there's a greater picture than just not wanting to get yelled at for the day.
1: And will that work for every single team member? No. Will there be some people who are just the fly in the ointment? Absolutely, because they're choosing, they don't want to be part of that. And that's okay, that's their choice. So you just help them make a choice to go somewhere else. That's it. But you have to protect that culture that you've created. Anyway, that's me. Do you feel better? <laughs> a little. So yeah, awareness. Get awareness. Um, you want you wanted like a how to, didn't you, Michaela? Because I know you love a good how to. Uh, I just love to have a good rant. But um, so getting that awareness can be hard. I would actually find some people that you trust or respect in your business or your personal life. Preferably people that see you carrying yourself. Out on a day-to-day basis. You know, obviously that's going to be in your business. It might be a fantastic customer that you have a really good relationship with or a supplier who hears from your customers that can give you some feedback. Go talk to your local plumbing store manager or, you know, your trade rep or something that that knows what your reputation is like and do something that scares the wits out of most Aussie men, particularly tradies. Ask for some personal feedback. Go to them and say, hey... I'm really trying to work on my leadership skills or my my you know my attitude as a business owner as as an employer. Can you give me some feedback on how you reckon I'm doing and two or three areas that I could work on that would actually move me towards being a better leader and actually you know improving my business culture. And and get some honest feedback from people and be prepared to shut your mouth and just hear them out and let them actually share with you. And then go away and start to try and work on that stuff.
0: And another big thing I did was someone told me to, over a period of 24 hours or you can do it longer, is really be conscious of all your thoughts and, and pick up every time you say something negative, hmm. either to yourself or someone or not act in the best way. And just for 24 hours, try and be aware of how often you do it. And I think you'll be scared at oh, how yeah. often you just do it all the time, whether you're thinking about it yourself or about your customers, or your staff, or your partner, whatever. But once you become aware of it, then you're less likely to do it. And the other thing I find big is being uh, gratitude
1: mm.
0: and being thankful for what you have. Mm. I find that really powerful as well.
1: Yep. It's, it's uh, you know, people watch these... Um current affairs programs and sort of crap and some of the spoof programs where they put hidden cameras in places and then people watch it back and they have no idea that they did those behaviors or that they were feeding their dog all these treats and that's why the dog's fat. But before mm. that was like, I have no idea why the dog's so fat. just can't mm. seem to get any weight off it. Uh, and, you know, the hidden cameras show that, well, you're giving it scraps under the table and the kids are feeding it their breakfast and it's like, oh, wow, I had no idea. Well, it's the same when I help clients by recording uh, sales interactions on the phone with their staff. And when people listen back to us, it, like, whoa, I had no idea I said those words or that I was so arrogant on the phone or whatever. So getting that outside feedback or finding the mechanisms to either jot it down or, you know, stick your stick your phone in your pocket and press record at the start of the day and record like a, a four-hour voice note. Or put a
0: GoPro on your head for the day. <laughs> the
1: um, and, you know, do your own version of Big Brother so you can observe all of your uh, – You know, negative behaviours, and not to beat yourself up about it, because a lot of us, and and here's this is a bit of a a backdoor uh, get out in some ways, but I know that as a listener, you try your damnedest. You, You know, I know you're trying hard to do this stuff. So this is not me bashing you for not being perfect this is me actually giving a toss about the people I see that are going to end up just like my dad, working their guts out and never actually figuring out why they didn't get the results that they wanted. So if that's you, go get some feedback from the people around you that you trust and respect and just stop blaming everybody else for not doing their job, particularly around that team stuff. um, And just shift your attitude a bit. And you know what? Problems, This is really wanky, but problems are opportunities. It's just if you shift your your view on those things, you can find the opportunity in all of those challenges.
0: Yeah, and I just thought of an example of a plaster that my husband knows that uh, gets a new staff member probably every two months, and has for the last twenty years. And all they ever say, all they ever say is, "I can't find good staff."
1: Man, (laughs) so much hard work.
0: Everyone's going, yeah, but it's you. You're the common thing. Yeah. You know, yep. He's all relationships in his life fall apart. But it's never him. Yep. You know, so yeah. really some take of them, of this stuff. yes.
1: But <laughs> all of them? Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> uh so if you have an opinion like me, <laughs> we would love to hear it. I'm I'm always up for a good debate. Uh no name calling. But um hit us on the Facebook page is one way to do it. Trade his business show. Uh share your thoughts on there. Or you could go to our website, tradiesbusinessshow.com, and send us an email. Um, Or you could leave us a voicemail. And uh, if you're really keen, we'll play it on on an episode. And we'll uh, let everybody hear your question via the little uh, voicemail app that's on our homepage there. Um, and
0: we're actually going to do a listener question episode yes. soon. So if you have a question you would like answered on the phone, we can make you anonymous or not, yep. or we can plug your business. Yep. Uh, make sure to either send us a uh, contact or leave a voice, audio message yeah. on our, you'll see the little speak pipe there on the website. So we want to hear what your questions are.
1: Just click record and say, hey, Wazza, I? I want to know why you're such an angry little man. And I'll see if I can answer that on the show.
0: Passionate is more.
1: <laughs>
0: title. All right. Well, we're out of here.
1: Thanks Bye. for listening. All right. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at Show.com.